Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're back on another edition of Processing Blue. My man Scott Fowler back from Seattle. Uh, you saw, what did you see in Seattle, Scott? I don't want to put words in your mouth. What did you see from this scene in Seattle? Well, uh, I saw a, a lot of false starts, number one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eight of them, right? Uh, eight false starts. I, You know, I've seen, um, well, three or 400 NFL games at this point in person. I've lost count. And there's always something new in almost every game. And that yeah. one, I had never seen eight false starts. That was pretty unprecedented, even in that noise environment. You know, the Panthers have played there before and playoff games that have been even louder and not had. I mean, eight false starts was the most in the NFL in 12 years. So that, that was number one. But, you know, it was an wait, exciting wait, game. Again. Yeah. Wait, wait, say that. How many years? Uh, last dozen years, uh, most wow. false starts in the NFL. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, would you excuse any of those to noise? Like, would you oh, allow yeah. two or three to go because of noise? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you go in there and have two or three, mm -hmm. that's par for the course. To have seven, <clears throat> excuse me, four of which were on Iki Aquanu, um, yeah. that's, that's kind of sad. Uh, that, that speaks to a lot of problems uh, in an offensive line. And two on Taylor Moten. Uh, who's, you know, an extremely well-played veteran player, too. So the two tackles had six of the seven on the offensive line. So that was bad. Nevertheless, they scored 27 points, which was as much as they scored in the first two games combined. Again, they were in the game until the fourth quarter. So it wasn't like they're getting, you know, they didn't get beat 70 to 20 like Denver did. Uh, this, you know, they didn't get beat 41 to 10 like Chicago did. Uh, nevertheless, they were, you know, they lost and they're 0-3. If you took, if you made those eight false starts, three false starts, did they win the football game? Probably, I don't think so. I mean, I think that Seattle ultimately just was a little better, but mm -hmm. they might have scored a few more points. Uh, you know, maybe it would be 37 to 34, something like that. But I think they had enough problems that even with the false starts, they probably don't win. Are you noticing a pattern with the defense wearing down in the second half, particularly against the run? Is that something that you're seeing in person as you watch these games? For sure, Langston. Um, this game, they gave up 25 points in the second half, and uh, these were pretty legitimate points. It wasn't like somebody gave them the ball at the 10 because of a turnover. The offense, uh, I will say this, the offense didn't have a turnover all day and all that mm -hmm. crowd noise. So these were legitimate drives and they did wear down and they have the last two weeks. And this is partly because the offense hasn't stayed on the field, but they stayed on it more often in this game. And mm -hmm. still, I thought there was some defensive issues. So this is not an offensive issue only thing, although that's I'm sure what we'll mostly talk about. And that's the, sexier part of it probably but defensively yeah. um you know they haven't gotten the big strip sack they haven't gotten the cheap touchdown uh they haven't okay. gotten these plays that they really they really need to win a game 
and they've also had a lot of injuries. And, and Mike K has yeah. said all along that they're top-heavy defensively without a lot of depth. So if you have a lot of injuries, then you're going into depth, which isn't necessarily there. And I think that may play into why they wear down a little bit. But let's talk about that offense a little bit. Bryce Young played the first two games. As you pointed out, they didn't score as many points, didn't move the ball as well. And then uh, Andy Dalton comes in this week, and they do do much better on the road. Why was the Panthers' offense so much different with uh, Andy Dalton running it versus Bryce Young running it? It's an interesting question, and I I think a few things I'll, I'll make a point of, Langston. First of all, let's not forget the team on the other side. Seattle's defense was the worst of the three that they had faced. Uh, if right. Bryce had played that defense, he would have thrown for 250 or 300 yards. Uh, Andy Dalton threw for 361. Andy Dalton probably at this point gets the ball out a little more quickly, although that's something that Bryce did well in Alabama. But I thought mm-hmm. Dalton is quick. I mean, makes a fast decision, got a lot of completions. Uh, he is not as mobile as Bryce. So fortunately, I thought their pass, you know, their offensive line did okay on pass pro, pass protection, because mm-hmm. he didn't get sacked that often. But three times. Uh, they may- yeah, three times, and he you know dropped back sixty, so that's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, he threw fifty-eight, which is a career high. Uh, so I think, you know, in Seattle, um, that was probably a coin flip as to which one of them would have been play, would have played better, honestly, whether it would be right. Bryce or uh, if he was healthy or mm-hmm. Andy. But I totally agree with the fact there's no quarterback controversy here. Um, whether or not Andy Dalton might win uh, a game or not versus Bryce right now, the future is Bryce, and you have to put him in there starting this weekend against Minnesota if he's healthy. He has mm-hmm. to play every game because that is the way to get him better and to see if you've mm-hmm. made the right choice here or not. So, you know, will he play this weekend? I think they'll be careful, but I think it'd be more likely that he'll play because it's a home game, not a short mm-hmm. week. Uh, my guess, my gut right now is that he will play uh, Sunday versus Minnesota. Interesting choice of words there. You said make the right choice. Looking back on it, the Panthers had a choice between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Tell me what you've seen so far with both, and did the Panthers make the right choice? <laughs> well, you can't make a decision on that after three games, but I will say the early returns – have not been real promising for the Panthers. C.J. Stroud is coming to the league uh, at, with a thunderclap, really. He's, uh, he's he's thrown for a bunch of yards. I don't think he has a pick yet. Uh, they, they're not winning that often. I think they've won again one game. But, but he has played, he has looked the part very much. And Bryce has been okay. He's not been terrible, but he's lost twice. And then he got hurt by the third game and missed that game. That is not good because durability has always been one of the questions with Bryce Young's uh, body type, 5'10", right. and generously uh, listed at 204 weight. Uh, he's just not the prototype of that. So, oh, you know, and this is going to be one that's going to be debated for a long time. We can't even make the decision really as to which one was the right call after the first year, because you don't know after the first year, probably we'll know after a couple of years, but they've harnessed uh, themselves to Bryce Young now. So they darn better well hope that this was the right call. Well, I thought the injury he suffered, he got rolled up on his leg. I mean, that wasn't a size thing. It's just an unfortunate thing. It's almost kind of similar to Shaq Thompson. It just, 
guy rolled up the back of your leg. It, it, uh, True. But let, let, let's talk about this offensive line. Um, we, we know they struggled with, with the false starts in, in uh, Seattle. What, what's your thought about them in three games? Not good enough. Uh, the false starts was one thing. You know, seven false starts on the offensive line is, is horrible. Uh, but beyond that, what we're not seeing, Langston, and I think the one you could point to this as much as any as to why they're not winning. Remember last year when Wilkes was coaching and they had a real run-heavy approach the last half yes. of the season, had a pounding back in Deontay Foreman, and Chuba Hubbard was playing well. And they just ran the heck out of the ball. Like in Seattle, they ran for 230 yards or something. This year, yeah. this week, they, they ran for 44. And that has been too – so that because of that, they have had not enough um, – you know, it's been way too pass heavy. They're putting too much on the quarterback. Now, part of this is, uh, of course, an injury to Austin Corbett, their guard yeah. who might be their best offensive lineman right now. Uh, but – that's everywhere. That's in Seattle. You know how many is, Seattle is offensive linemen are out? Austin Corbett is going to be back eventually, but he's he's out this week too. Okay. So okay. Seattle had four offensive linemen out in that game. They're playing a, a full team of second stringers at the and offensive they ran line. It out, they ran it out of Panthers' throats. Exactly. Half. So you can't blame that. Again, to Mike Kay's point, uh, that this team is somewhat top-heavy. Mm -hmm. They've gotten into having to hit depth early in the, mm -hmm. you know, the second string, and it's just not really worked out yet uh, for for some of these second stringers who you hope would make a big impact haven't really yet, mm -hmm. and that and that includes the offensive line. How much will Corbett help when he comes back? I know he's on the pub list. He hasn't set out at least four games, so I mean, maybe he can come back week five, week six. How much would that help to get him back? Well, it'll definitely help. Uh, he'll stabilize things. He's a veteran that just, you know, he's won a Super Bowl uh, for the Rams. I mean, he's just a guy who's going to – you have him and Bozeman right next to each other. They're not going to miss a lot of offensive line calls. I think, honestly, that'd help Icky Aquanu mm -hmm. sort of just, uh, just take a deep breath, calm down. Icky mm -hmm. can play, but they're having trouble right now with some very basic – football things and mm -hmm. i think corbett returning will will help that and this team has got to be more you know 55 percent 40 uh pass 45 run not more like 70 30 or, or so which is kind of what we've seen the first three games i asked mike this question uh right after the seattle game do you think that running is just more of a play call thing at least early just we're deciding when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply as coaches that we're going to, you know, pass the ball more, or do you think it's something else? Well, it partly is, you know, they've been behind in every game. And mm -hmm. so that, that's just. Well, they were, they were leading this game. It was three, nothing. They were up with the ball. Uh, true. And they've let, you know, they led at one point in the third quarter in the, you know, the, in the, I think the new Orleans game, but yeah. 
what's happened is that fourth quarter, they've, you know, probably thrown the ball 20 times and run the ball once in most of these last games. So early on, it has uh, been a little bit more 50-50. But yeah, it's a play calling thing, sure. But also when you're beating your head against the wall and it's always second and nine after you call a run, I don't blame them yeah. for trying to, you know, getting away from it some because, you know, who you know who I'm a little disappointed in, Langston? Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders uh, had a big-time year last year in Philadelphia and came in here with the idea that he was going to touch the ball 20, 25 times a game, uh, kind of mm. be a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we have mm. not seen that yet. He did score in the last game, had a tough run, and maybe one other good run, but he's not been – dynamic uh in the way that they need him to be dynamic mm-hmm. okay let's talk about some bright spots Scott. we talked about some some lower uh cloudier things with the panthers the clouds are a little gray um i thought dj chark had some nice moments in seattle um the touchdown catch obviously he he almost had a phenomenal play on a over the top uh situation Adam Thielen, 11 catches, I think 145 yards, had seven catches the week before that. The receiver, those two receivers are starting to to separate themselves a little bit from everybody else, yes? For sure. Those are two of the bright spots. Uh, I, I would agree with you. Chark's percentages weren't great. Like he got thrown to 11 times and caught four, but the mm-hmm. four were really, really good. They'll take that if one of those four is a 47-yard touchdown, and he made a grab on the sideline that was just big yes. time. 28 yards, I think, on that. Thielen has emerged as sort of this team's Greg Olson. He is not going to beat somebody for a 70-yard touchdown. However, third and seven, you throw it to him because, oh, his hands are good. Man. So 11 catches. I wrote a column about him this week about, um, you know, just that's a guy who both Bryce Young and Andy Dalton, whoever's playing, that is really emerged as the number one choice to throw the ball to and then Chark is sort of emerged as a big play thread they need a third guy to you know Terrace Marshall again has been a disappointment uh the tight end position not doing well I was going to say Hayden Hurst not being targeted very much no he caught a touchdown it's hard to see on television hard to see but no I don't see him open that often um you know, he did have an early, I guess he had the first touchdown Bryce through, but other yes. than that, really not much there. Ian Thomas, I mean, we know from past seasons, he's not going to be targeted much. He's more of a blocking tight end. But, yeah, bright spots, I would say, you know, those two, uh, those two, they're starting to throw the ball. They'll be able to throw it probably against Minnesota, too. I anticipate that's going to be a fairly high-scoring game uh, on Sunday. And, uh, you know, a guy that we've kind of, uh, don't mention much because they haven't won games, but Eddie Pinheiro has been a heck of a I was just about to say Eddie Pinheiro yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I mean, he missed one finally, but it was, it was what, like 55, 55 yards. That would have been his career high. And otherwise he's made like, you know, the last 26 or something. He's been money. He is, right down the he is absolutely money. Uh, yes. Kicker Brian Burns has had a couple of big plays. Um, Frankie Louvu until he went out, I thought it has been a, uh, yeah. You know, a strong player for them as well. So there are some players on this team. I mean, you see it every week when they're in the game. I mean, they led this game at halftime the last game. They've been in the game for three quarters, all three of their games. So it's not it's not Chicago, you know, where the, it's just an absolute dumpster fire. That's not what you have here yet. There are some bright spots. They might win this week. 
Um, but got to get a bunch of things fixed. <laughs> no, I'm not going to yeah. pick the Panthers in our little poll until they win a game. I'm picking against them every single week. And let <laughs> I want them to prove me wrong. And they will eventually. But right, um, right, right, right. the reason I'm leading our little predictions uh, right now is because uh, I've seen a ton of Panthers games, and I know – you do not go broke um, picking the Panthers to lose. Not that we put any money on it, Langston. It's just for fun. But <laughs> I'm just saying ever since, and I won't say it's always that way. I mean, obviously it wasn't that way in 2015. But the last five years, um, kind of being pessimistic and being pleasantly surprised when they do well is probably yeah. the uh, the safest course of action for Panther fans and, and Panther beat writers and columnists. All right, I want you to take your Scott Fowler hat off right now. I want you to put your Scott Fitterer hat on. Uh, the NFL trade deadline is not too far away. You got a really big-time trade asset wearing number zero on your defense. Would you consider trading Brian Burns? I would absolutely consider trading Brian Burns. It's something that once you know let's say the trade deadline like you say is about three weeks and what if they're oh and five one and five or oh and six at that point mm -hmm. you know you're not making the playoffs uh and you also have made the, obviously made it clear that you don't want to pay brian burns uh preeminent money like make him the top paid edge rusher in the nfl or anything or else you would have already done it so you have to think about that because as great as he is they're still losing games and they need a first round pick in 2024 as you and i were talking about off air right now they you know their pick went to chicago and shoot that pick may be number three or something by the time the season's all over i mean they if they yeah. have three and 14 or something so Oh my God, don't say that. Don't say three <laughs> or 15. I know. You just got to consider these possibilities. Now, for seven and 10, that pick is not as valuable. But in any case, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, <clears throat> Langston, because our names are so fit similar, Scott Fitterer and Scott Fowler, I get mm -hmm. texts for Fitterer occasionally from various Panther-oriented people. And I haven't done anything devilish with them, but I'll get a text from, I'll, I'll, I won't mention him, but a certain beat writer, not for our paper, that right. covers the Panthers will text me occasionally and say, are you considering trading so-and-so? And, -so? and <laughs> you know, instead, I should just, I could say, yeah, absolutely. You, you can write that. Go ahead. Uh, it's it's coming tomorrow. But <laughs> I don't. I usually, I just let them, you know, in people's phones, there's a lot of Scott Fs. But, yeah, you've got to consider every deal. And Scott Federer will. Uh, because he knows that this is this is a rebuild, and a uh, two-year rebuild is um, an optimistic way to look at it. It, it may Ooh. be longer than that, but at the least, I think we're pretty clear right now they're not going to win the NFC South unless they just make a hellacious run. So it would take you know they're they're you know everyone lost in the NFC South this week, so they're only two games down, but. They have shown no signs of a team that's going to be, have a winning record yet, uh, you know, which is what you'll need. So, you got to consider trading Burns. You got to you got to consider any offer that you're going to get. Now, whether they do it or not, I don't know, but I, I'm sure it'll be in play. 
Let's talk about the, the Panthers' schedule. When do you see that first win? The Vikings haven't won. They're coming up Sunday. Then they play the Lions, uh, and then they play the Dolphins, who scored 9,000 points this past week. And then they have a bye, then they play the Texans. I think the Texans look like a really good game to try to get, but can they get Vikings, Lions, or Dolphins ahead of time? I mean, out of Minnesota and Detroit, they may well win one of those two. I don't think – they're not going to beat Miami in Miami. That offense is um, – it's just too much right now. Robert Griffin says it's generational. Yeah, well – 70 points, I mean, it is a, is a good argument for that. We'll see. I mean, they have to they have to keep it going. You know, sometimes Miami has been a, a – has flashed, and then, you know, at the end of the season, yeah. they're going to – you know, when they're playing cold weather games, they're not as good. But, but wow, yeah, they've, they've got it going on right now. So that'll be, a, that'll be a fun game, but I don't see that as a win. But, you know, Minnesota at home, I mean, like I say, I'm going to pick against them just because – that's just the way I'm going to do it. But I can, I can see I can them win that. Six, yeah. If I can score 69 points in three games, that's a winnable game. Yeah, it is. They're 0 3. I mean, they're um, they've had some coaching issues. You know, some they they might should have won this past weekend. Detroit, I don't think is that great either. I mean, so I think out of those two, they you know they might Mine's get two one. And one. Yeah. yeah, they've only scored 72 points all year, but yeah. So, I mean, that, that's a wonderful game. I, I definitely think the Texans game looks like if I was, like, going to bet, you know, a serious – I don't bet, but I was going to bet a serious amount of money for when that game comes. But I, I, I may have to adopt your your position on the picks. I'm not doing well on the picks and just go against the Preds until they win. But, Scott, thanks for joining us this week, man, on Processing Blues. For always fun talking to you, giving the fans the insight to the team. Uh, if you watch this on YouTube, make you hit, make sure you hit that bell. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, or wherever you're following us. And come back next week. Thanks, Langston. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely.